Hey, we're so happy you found us online. The message you're about to hear was recorded live at Grace Family Church. We're a community following the call to love God, love people, and make a difference. We meet at four locations around Durban and at graceonline.tv. Go ahead and share this message, or you can download it and listen to it in your car or at home later today. Wherever you are in the world, wherever you're listening from, thank you for connecting with us. And may you be encouraged by the message coming up next. There we go. Good morning, Grace Family Church, or wherever you're watching this from, uh, whatever time you're watching this, maybe you're watching this as a catch-up, we just want to say welcome. And even if you're not a member of Grace, you just kind of tuned in somehow, and you found our feed and you're watching, we just want to say a huge welcome to you. We're so glad that you've joined us. And I really pray that uh, the message today would just kind of speak into your heart. Um, I don't think I've ever been as nervous or as excited at the same time in my whole life. I mean, this is something new for us, and, and I really believe God has kind of placed a word on my heart for, for you watching uh, or, or listening today. And so I'm going to kind of get stuck straight into uh, the, the passage of Scripture we're going to be looking at. It's found in Genesis chapter 26. If you have a Bible at home, you maybe can open that or gather around people who have Bibles or on your phone, but uh, the words will be on the screen. But, but let me just read to you from starting in verse 1. It says this, there was a famine in the land. <laughs> Need I say more? I mean, is this not the, our current reality, our current situation in our world today that we find ourselves in, in somewhat of kind of a famine that things are not what we thought they would be at the start of 2020? Things have changed. I mean, we're, we're, we're separated, we, 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 we're socially distant, we're cut off. The world is forever different. There was a famine in the land, as bad as the famine during the time of Abraham. How many of you know that this is not the first crisis that the world has ever faced? And this will not be the last. Let us not overestimate the novelty of our situation. Human beings throughout human history have endured all kinds of famine and war and suffering and hardship and somehow have managed to survive and even come out stronger at the end of the day. Amen? There was a famine in the land as bad as the famine during the time of Abraham. And Isaac went down to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Basically, Isaac, Abraham's son, Isaac is on his way in this time of famine to Egypt. And Egypt was kind of like, kind of like the Woolworths, the Woolies of their time. I mean, this is where you'd find the supplies that you need in a time of famine. They stocked up with toilet paper and Isaac is heading for Woolies. He's on his way. But God stopped him. Says this, God appeared to him and said, don't go down to Egypt, stay where I tell you. <laughs> stay where I tell you. These are the president's orders, Cyril Ramaphosa, stay at home, Willie's out of stock anyway. <laughs> but here comes the promise. And this is a promise no king or no president could ever make. He says, stay here in this land and I will be with you and I will bless you. I will be with you and I will bless you. And then he goes even a step further. God says, I'm giving you and your children all these lands, fulfilling the oath that I swore to your father, Abraham. God is fulfilling the promise he had made to Isaac's father. And you've got to understand at this point, Isaac has not done much to earn God's favor. And yet God fulfills his promise to Abraham 
through Isaac in a time of famine. Aren't you glad that God's blessings are not dependent on our behavior? Aren't you glad our Heavenly Father doesn't give us what we deserve, but rather everything we don't deserve? I'm giving you and your children these lands. I'm fulfilling the promise that I swore to your father, Abraham. So in verse 6, it says, so Isaac stayed put in Gerar. Say, stay put. We've got a few staff spattered around the auditorium who I'm trying to get to kind of interact. But I'm saying, hey, man, I want you to say some stuff today. Even if you're watching online and maybe you're on your own, maybe, you know, I know it's 9.30, but maybe you're still in your jammies and that's fine. I'm not judging. Maybe, you know, you're lying there in bed, you're watching, you've got a pizza, you know, a bit of leftover pizza. You just, I mean, what a way to do church. Amen. But I'm going to ask you, wherever you're watching, however you're watching, whoever you're watching with, I'm going to kind of get you to say some stuff. Because just because we're practicing social distance doesn't mean we have to be socially disconnected. And I'm going to encourage you to lean in. In fact, I'm going to encourage you, don't go make a cup of tea while this is happening. Don't, you know, don't have some other window open and do some work or you watch some crazy cat video on YouTube. I know you do that. I mean, we all do that. But I'm going to kind of say lean in. And if I say, say something, say it. Maybe you could even throw a little amen in there if you want. You know, no one's watching. It's okay. If you're online, you can comment in, this, in, the, in the comment threads. And we have online hosts who would love to connect with you and love on you and pray for you, whatever it is you're going through. You see, you can't cancel church. You can cancel a service. You can't cancel church. The church will prevail because the church was never a building. It was never a service time. The church is the people of God gathered together in His name. So in this season, in this famine, we're going to stay connected. We're going to keep on loving, keep on caring, keep on connecting, keep on being the church. In fact, we're ramping up. We're taking it to the next level because as A.W. Tozer said, he says, a scared world needs a fearless church. So let us be a fearless church. Where was I? (laughs) Okay, here we go. We're going back to, to Isaac. Isaac stayed in Gerar. He stayed put. I, I looked up, what, do you know what Gerar means? It means the lodging place. It's your lodging. It's your home. Stay put at home. Self-quarantining is not a new thing. <laughs> you know what else about Gerar? The place where Gerar is now, it's got a different name, but the, that, that area is a valley. And I want to say, you might be watching or listening and you might feel right now that you are in a valley. Maybe it's because of the COVID-19 thing. Maybe this has seriously impacted your life or your business. I mean, I've spoken to and heard from from, from people in our church for for whom this has absolutely devastated their income. I know people who've lost their jobs already because of this. So this is real. And I don't want to in any way minimize the pain or the suffering you might be experiencing right now. Maybe you're in a valley because you've got five weeks at home with your children. (laughs) And you're finding out how to work on that proposal while your two-year-old is eating the cat food. I mean, I've been there. I hear you. I pray strength, and I pray courage, and I pray patience, and I pray Barney the Purple Dinosaur and Paw Patrol on your houses. There's no judgment on screen time in this season. But maybe you're in a valley because of nothing to do with COVID-19 and everything to do with a failing marriage. Maybe you're in a valley of depression or anxiety or addiction. 
Maybe it's a strained or a broken relationship. Maybe you're in the valley of Jirah right now. And I want to remind someone, someone watching today. Uh, in fact, I want to declare this over you. Psalm 23, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Going back to Isaac. Isaac stayed put in Gerar. He listened to the voice of God. He obeyed the voice of God. It's amazing what can happen when we simply obey what God is saying to us. So often great kind of miracles of faith kind of take place after simple acts of obedience. This is what happened. Isaac planted crops in that land and took in a huge harvest. God blessed him. The man got richer and richer by the day until he was very wealthy. In fact, so wealthy that the others began to become jealous. They started clogging up the wells that he, that he had dug in that area. But here's the point. Isaac thought his trip to Egypt had been canceled. And yet in the midst of that, in the midst of this change of plans, God was at work. Isaac thought his plans were interrupted. Meanwhile, God's plans were being fulfilled. Could it be? Could it be Grace Family Church? Could it be South Africa that in the midst of this coronavirus, God might be up to something? God might be doing something. Could it be in your life that the very thing you thought was an interruption, the very thing you thought was a failure, is the very same thing God is using to bring about His purposes? Could it be that the problems you've been trying to pray away are the very thing God wants to use to build up your life? But I don't like it, God. It doesn't feel good. They're insulting me. Are they? Or is what you've perceived to be an insult, God using them to instruct you? I don't know about you. I, I've tried to ask God to take my problems away. He did not seem to, I mean, sometimes that, that happens, but a lot of the time he doesn't seem to be interested in that prayer. In fact, it seems as if some of the things that came into my life in one season as a problem or that came into my life in one season as opposition were the very same things that God used to create opportunities for me to know him to be known by Him, and to make Him known. I think that is true. I think it's true for you, for your family, for your business, and I think it's true for the church. Not just Grace Family Church, the, the global church. I mean, I think of this week. This has been a crazy week for us. I mean, I'm speaking to our staff here in the room. I mean, on Monday, we had plans to do 11 services and four campuses, business as usual. Everything changed. And I've been so proud of our team that we've been able to kind of pivot on the spot and, and make adjustments and continue to, to fulfill the mission we feel God has called us to, to love God and to love people, to make a difference. But through all of that, I'm absolutely convinced this can be a blessing for the church because we've had to ask some hard questions. We've had to get back to the basics of why we do what we do. That it's not about services. It's not about, you know, programs. and all, It's about people. And in asking those questions and, and how we continue to love and care for people, I think the church will get better. The church globally, it's going to be a new season. Everything has changed. Even this online service. I mean, I don't know how many people are watching right now. <laughs> to, if, honestly, my insecurity says it's just my mom. 
hey, hey mom, like, hey, like, you know what I mean? My mom's tuned in. I know she's tuned in. My, my, my gran is tuned in. She's gathered with five or six people in her, in her retirement village to watch together in her room. So hello, Mimi. I think that might just be it. <laughs> um, but I'm trusting for more. I mean, I heard of Saddleback Church. They quadrupled their Sunday attendance last week when they went online. Who knows? This is an unprecedented opportunity for the church to be the church and for the gospel to be preached. And as Mark said, I mean, we, we, we planned this, ser- this series about four months ago, towards the end of last year, and we were going to call this series Tough Times. We landed on falling upwards, how to suffer well. And now God is not only, not, not only are we preaching, we're we having to live it out in a very real way. God has got this, guys. And who knows when it's all over, which it will be, because we will beat this virus. Just so you know, we, that, that, that's going to happen. That will happen. And, and I love what, what Wayne said. So it's a quote that I found. This is not a virus stopping the world, but the whole world choosing to stop a virus. It's incredible. But when it's all over, we may just fall in love with a new way of living. Because this is a chance to recalibrate, to remember what really matters, to spend time with those we love. It may even be an amazing grace for our planet. I mean, I've already heard less consumption, less planes in the air, less you know, uh, uh, fossil fuels being burned, all this sort of stuff. Uh, already the, the, the Venice canals, uh, Venice, Italy has been deserted and the canals have become the clearest they've ever been in years. Who knows? Who knows? What I do know is this. God is at work. And God is in the business of turning trials into triumphs of turning pain into purpose. This is a major theme throughout all of Scripture. Can I read on? (laughs) I mean, this story of Isaac, it just gets better. We haven't even got to the good part yet. I mean, this is just the beginning. It says here, One day, as Isaac's servant were digging in the valley, they came on a well of spring water. The shepherds of Gerar quarreled with Isaac's shepherds, claiming, This water is ours. So Isaac named the well Essek, which means quarrel because they quarreled over it. They dug another well, and there was a difference over that one also, so he named it Sitna, which means accusation, Essek and Sitna. He went on from there and dug yet another well. Sometimes we just have to move on and dig another well, but here's the promise. Here's part of what I've been wanting to get to for about three weeks now. I wrote this in my weekly update a few weeks ago, and I kind of wanted to unpack it, but, but here as they get to this, this well, there was no fighting over this one, and so he named it Rehoboth, which means wide open spaces. Say wherever you are, however you are, whomever you're with, say wide open spaces. There we go. That's actually the title of my message today. We're in the series called Falling Upwards, but the message today is wide open spaces. And honestly, God kind of birthed this in my heart a few weeks ago, and I, and I knew he, he wanted me to preach it on this Sunday, and I don't often get that kind of confirmation, but, uh, and I was scheduled to preach at the Amschlange campus here. I didn't know anything about COVID-19 at the time or that we'd be you know, shifting from, from gathering physically to gathering digitally, um, but, 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 I, but all of that. And so when things changed, my question to God was, is this still the message you want me to preach? And, and I was like, really, God? I mean, <laughs> wide open spaces. Like, you do get the irony in that, right? I mean, we, we're supposed to be inside. We're not supposed to, you know, beaches are closed. Like, we're stuck, you know, and you want me to preach wide open spaces. And I felt like God's response was, Yep. Just, yep. That's, that's what I heard. 
But there was no fighting over this one, so he named it Rehoboth. Wide open spaces saying, now God has given us, now God has given us plenty of room to spread out in the land. From there, he went up to Beersheba. Beersheba? Don't know how to say it. Beersheba, come on. I, I, what that means is actually the, is where the beer of Sheba. No, it's, it, means, <laughs> it means the well of the promise. And this is where God confirms again his promise that we see in Psalm 23. And we see throughout the promise made to Abraham, to Isaac, and to you and I. And here's the promise. It says, the very night God appeared to him and said, at Beersheba, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Don't fear a thing because I'm with you. Don't fear a thing because I am with you and I will bless you and make your children flourish. Don't fear a thing. I am with you. If you hear nothing else, whoever you are, whatever, wherever you are in your life, what's going on in your life, this is the message to you today. Don't fear a thing. God is with you. 1 Timothy 1 verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and of a sound mind. Philippians 4, Be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank Him for what He's done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I think this is what God means by wide open spaces. I'm not talking about a physical location. I'm talking about a wide open space in your heart and in your life and in your relationships. A peace, a peace that surpasses understanding, a peace that goes beyond a virus, a peace that will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Wide open space. Though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. See, here's the thing about suffering. God doesn't prepare a meal for us on the other side of it. Once we get through it. He prepares a table for us in the presence of our pain. In the presence of our insecurity. In the presence of that canceled wedding. In the presence of that divorce. In the middle of the diagnosis. In the middle of the crisis. In the middle of the collapse. This is where God does His greatest work. I mean, think about it. Where have you, when have you grown most in your life? Through pain. Of course, pain can make us bitter. It can make us hard and more resentful. Pain doesn't guarantee growth, but you cannot have growth without pain. That's the truth. That's just the way it is. Suffering, hardship, trials is the way. It's part of the human experience. It's the great teacher. And that's why James, the brother of Jesus, says, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when viruses and crashes come from all sides. You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced, where? Into the open. And shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Richard Raw says suffering is the only thing strong enough to break down our control systems, our explanatory mechanisms, our logical paradigms, our desire to be in charge, our carefully maintained sense of control. Both God and the guided soul knows to trust suffering. 
I guess this is what I've been trying to say. I don't think we can get to Rehoboth without going through Gerar and Essek and Sitna first. I don't think we can get I don't think we can get there without going through the valley. There's just no other road. And we don't like hearing that. I'm sorry if that's not good news. It is actually good news, but 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 it creates tension in us. We don't like it. No one likes suffering. I mean, COVID-19, is a, it's, it's terrible. It's a crisis. Financial pressure is horrible. Going through a divorce, you wouldn't wish that on your worst enemy. I've walked people through that stuff. But let me make this statement, and I, I heard this from a pastor just this week. He said this, your tolerance for tension, your tolerance for, for suffering, for pain, determines your potential for growth. If you go to a personal trainer, at some point they are going to teach you about the gift of tension. <laughs> If they're, not, if they're never going to put you under load or teach you about the gift of tension, then you need to fire that personal trainer because time under tension is the formula for growth. For too long, Christians have had this mentality that if we encounter trouble or trials or tension, Jesus, get me out of it. Rapture me now. Or we think of suffering that we must have done something wrong. Maybe God is punishing us. This is not a punishment from God. That's religion. That's paganism. That's an angry God. That's Zeus. Jesus himself promised us, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart. Say, take heart. Take heart. I have overcome the world. See, as followers of Christ, we need to stop trying to get out of it and learn how to bring God into it. Real faith cannot be reduced to spiritual formulas and merchandise and success stories. It has and always will be refined in the fires and storms of pain. So as we kind of wrap things up, how do we do this? How do we embrace the season in our world, in our lives, or the, or, or the pain that we're in? How do we fall upwards? How do we suffer well? Well, the scriptures give us the answer. And I want to read to you just a, a very simple passage. Maybe it's a passage you've heard before. It's a passage sometimes read out at weddings from 1 Corinthians 13. And, and it's so profound in the light of where we're living and, and, and what we're going through right now in our world. And, and I just want to say before I read that passage out, whoever you are, wherever you're watching, whether you're a Christian, whether you're not a Christian, whether you believe or not, whether you're infected or affected, whether you're on a mountaintop or a valley, these ancient and timeless words, I believe, can give us the courage to embrace this new reality and this new season in our world and walk into the wide open spaces of God, the peace of God. So let's read this together. If you have a, a Bible open with me, 1 Corinthians 13. We, do, we don't see things clearly, writes Paul. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with COVID-19. This could be, we don't know. We're squinting in a fog, peering through a mist. But it won't be long. Say, it won't be long. It won't be long before the weather clears and the sun shines bright. We'll see it all then. See it all as clearly as God sees us, knowing Him directly just as He knows us. But for right now, for right now, as we're stuck in our homes, for right now as this new reality, here's, until that completeness writes Paul, we have three things to do to lead us towards that consummation. Trust steadily in God. Hope unswervingly and love extravagantly and the greatest of these 
is love. I read that in the message version, but in most versions of the Bible, it says three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. So let's do those things, Grace Family Church. Let's, let's, let's choose faith over fear. Fear is contagious, but so is faith. And if people around me, I'm telling you, I want them to catch what I've got. And what I've got is faith. I want them to be infected by, by, by faith. This is a choice we can all make. We don't have control over this virus. We can do our part in helping not spread it out of love for our neighbors. But we don't have control. What we do have control over is our response. And we can choose faith. We, we're doing Daniel with the kids' church, uh, guys. Daniel distinguished himself in a, in, a, in a crazy environment around him. He was in a foreign country, surrounded by enemy. He distinguished himself. And my call, my challenge to Grace Family Church is, let us distinguish ourselves in this season, in love, and how we respond, and how we care, and how we serve. We can take responsibility, every single one of us, for every room that we enter, and we can choose to be kind. Online, in our, in our homes, with our kids, even though they're driving us crazy, I mean, Mareka posted this. Our kids' church pastor posted this. Most kids will remember how their family home felt during the coronavirus more than anything about the virus. They are watching us, and they're learning how to respond to stress and uncertainty. Let's wire our kids for resilience and not panic. Let's choose faith over fear. Let's choose to be kind to our spouses, even though they also are driving. I mean, even though they also are practically perfect in every way. My wife is here in the room. Let's choose joy. Let's choose to be positive. And I'm telling you, it, it this does so much in a world that has a heavy spirit right now. And we can bring a different spirit by the power of, let's not clog up the wells like those around Isaac did. Let's respond to fear with faith. Let's choose hope. When you're tempted to say nothing good can come of this, catch yourself, remind yourself, we serve a God who does the greatest work in our darkest moments. A God who time and time again has somehow managed to turn horrific circumstances into good. Romans 8, 28, and we know God causes everything, say everything, to work together for the good of those who love Him. In a world of despair, let us choose hope. And finally, as we, as we, as we kind of wrap things up, let us choose love. The greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. I want you to know, if you, wherever you are, wherever you're watching this from, you are loved. You are loved. God is good and you are loved. And you were created with gifts and abilities and personality and a sphere of influence that is 100% unique to you. You are made to be loved and to love and to make a difference. That is why Grace Family Church, we will not shrink back into the night in this virus. We will continue to love. In fact, we're rising up like a city on a hill. Matthew says, why would you put a, a light under a bucket? No, you're there to bring out the God colors of this world, to shine. And so Grace Family Church, let us shine in this moment. A scared world needs a fearless church. We're gonna try, as Wayne said, try and make data of, of bundles available to people so they can get online and grab hold of this stuff. We encourage you to share this with as many people as you can. We're gonna keep supporting our missionaries and our organizations doing critical work in our city and our nation as we always have. We're not slowing down. We, we, we're collecting hand sanitizers for those who can't afford to get or can't get hold of them. Come and drop them off at any of our campuses. 
we're in conversation with, with Lake Smitten Partners or with a testing ground. We, we haven't even figured this out, but we're busy figuring out maybe that, that Grace Amschlange could become a, 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 a drive-through testing place so that people can be tested around this thing. That is why, as Mark said, if you give, this is the most crucial time to give so that we can continue to make these messages available to as many people as possible so we can continue to do the work we feel God has called us to do. Love God, love people, and make a difference. So as we close, I recognize many of you listening to this might be in very real pain right now. The disappointment of a canceled trip or a canceled wedding, a business that has taken a dive, the heartache of a loss, the devastation of a diagnosis. And I don't want to diminish that pain in any way today. But God told me to tell you there is purpose in the pain. We may not see it or understand it or like it, but God is at work causing everything to work together for His purpose, leading us into wide open spaces. He took a cross and He turned it around. He took a method of execution so horrific, so painful, so evil, and He turned it for good and not just any good our good. That as Jesus hung there on the cross at that very moment when everything seemed at its most unexplainable, at its most unredeemable, at its most messy, this very moment was in fact at the crosshairs of God's greatest involvement in our world and in human history. Something good can come of this. Let's stand. If you're in a room, we're going to sing together. Something good can come of this, will come of this. Yes, we may go through Essek and Sitna. Yes, we may travel through the Valley of Gerar, but the promise still stands. The promise to Abraham, to Isaac, to you and to me, fulfilled in Jesus Christ. Don't fear a thing because I am with you and I will bless you and I will make your children flourish. Let's sing together, Grace Family Church.